around for 30 plus years. I don't think anybody should be in office for that long. It's important to have new voices and it's important that we actually hold our leaders accountable. And that's why it's been so amazing to be out at these BART stops, at these muni stops, knocking on doors. People are excited to speak to a candidate. It's been maybe 30 years that someone for Congress has knocked on some people's doors. I'm saying, look, I'm running for Congress and I wanna know what keeps you up at night. And they can believe that you can trust in government again. People don't trust our government. And that's why a lot of the reason that people didn't go out to vote in 2016 or people voted for the candidate saying, let's drain the swamp, and now we live in a nightmare. We gotta strengthen the Democratic Party. That's by getting people energized and believing that they can take their frustration out at the polls and elect a new generation of leadership. Well, Ryan, while you have the microphone, um, let's get into some of this policy because I think all of you have illustrated to, to me, at least as our guests today, but also as our guests in the past, that you really all seem to have a very kind of big picture um, idea of some of the different things that really need to be addressed in order to really start helping people and making government work for for um, society. So Ryan, while you still have the microphone, what are some of the, you know, couple top things that, that if you're elected that you would really jump into um, you know, with, with two feet and, and try to enact change on right away. Of course. I'd first like to begin by saying that if I'm elected, I can't do anything on my own, which is why we need more good people not beholden to special interests and corporations running for office so we can actually change our discretionary budget and have it reflect the interests of the American people and not the special interests. I think an issue we all agree on is that our military budget is out of whack. And we gotta, we got to change that. One specific example that really bothered me was in, tw in 2017, the National Defense Reauthorization Act. The Democratic leadership, Harris, Feinstein, Schumer, and Pelosi, all agreed that we need to raise Trump's military budget by $80 billion. Yet we can grant free two-year and four-year higher public education. For every family in this country making less than $150,000, the federal government's share would be $47 billion. We could have people going to school, get educated because they're the future and help increase our GDP and, and really bolster our economy. But instead, we're funding the military industrial complex at the expense of the American people. I think at the end of the day, it's so important that we have campaign finance reform, that we gotta overturn Citizens United. I can't do that on my own. We need a lot of people to support that. But one thing that's really important that I'd like to really have a national dialogue on is by making incremental progress on campaign finance reform is banning candidate contributions to your own campaign. Why should you have people like Dianne Feinstein who can sit on $8 million of her own money, put it into a campaign? The money should come from the people. Another really important thing for me is universal healthcare, a single payer Medicare for all healthcare system. Why do I support it? I had my family lose their health care coverage in the recession. I know what it's like to not be able to go to the doctor. I don't want any of my neighbors or anybody in this country to ever lose a home or go bankrupt or become homeless because they can't afford to fight a disease they never wanted in the first place. We need to have that. We have the money to do it. But unfortunately, we have people beholden to pharmaceutical industries and insurance industries. They're not going to do it. And one last thing I want to say, too, that's a really hot button issue is common sense gun reform. I lost my cousin to gun violence in the 90s. This is an issue that is post-partisan. The majority of Americans, 70% of Americans, believe that we need to close the loopholes on private transfers and at gun shows. Why can't we do that? We gotta make sure we can get the NRA out of our politics. The best way we can do that is having people who live those issues, who've been affected by those issues, to stand up and instead of being pragmatic, let's be passionate. Let's fight for it. Let's raise hell in Washington. 
And that's what we hope to do if we have the privilege of being elected to this seat. Thank you, Ryan Kojaste. You definitely should check out. What's your website, Ryan? Kojasteforcongress.com. K-H-O-J-A-S-T-E-H. It's a hard one. Thank you for that, though, and and thank you for, for jumping on um, to talk about some of some of those main issues about healthcare and uh, gun control and um, and ex a beyond bloated military budget um, and the things that we could do with some of that um, if it's not uh, just going to um, wasteful projects and, right. and harmful projects. Um, how about we go to Shahid on the, on the same question? Um, I know that you're passionate about some of those things as well. How would you tie in that with, along with some of your other top priorities? Yeah, I'll start with three words, housing, healthcare, and cannabis, and I'll unpack the significance of each of them. Here in San Francisco, and in urban centers around the country, we have an urban housing crisis. And it's entirely predictable. It's the issue in the mayor's race with good reason, and it divides a lot of people who might otherwise agree on a whole range of issues. At the end of the day, whatever you think of the local policy issues surrounding the affordable housing market, at the federal level, it is inescapable that the federal government has effectively abandoned the project of investing in affordable housing. It used to be the case until the late 70s that the federal government invested many billions of dollars in community uh, development block grants through HUD. The budget for those programs has fallen over 70% since Nancy, over 60% since Nancy Pelosi came into office and over 70% since the high water mark in 1977. Uh, rebalancing the federal spending priorities to actually meet the needs of the American people. Housing is a big one. Another one is health care. Uh, the cost of corporate health care are one of the leading causes of both bankruptcy and homelessness. In addition to housing, homelessness is another issue here in San Francisco. People are very concerned about one of the most uh, crucial levers we can pull at the federal policy lever layer is to make sure that people aren't driven into the street by the costs of corporate health care. It's not just the case that a single-payer, government-paid system would drive down the costs across the system, and it would, both by leveraging an economy of scale, by expanding access to preventive care, which reduces the need for people then to seek more expensive crisis care in need. It also would be an incredibly powerful lever to pull to enable job creation when U.S. businesses, large and small, are no longer burdened with the yoke of providing their employees health insurance, which only businesses in the U.S. have to do, mind you, because businesses in other countries, civilized countries, provide health care for their citizens. Uh, here in the U.S., and that's one of the most uh, dramatic inhibitors of, of, of hiring and job creation, Detroit auto manufacturers spend more money on their employees' health care than they do on the steel in the cars. And there's no reason for that if we just allowed uh, the government to leverage the purchasing power that we all enjoy uh, with a single-payer system. It would make the system cheap, cheaper abroad, uh, across the field. It would uh, expand and better recognize human rights. It would prevent homelessness. It would enable job creation. The same kind of intersectional policy is apparent with respect to legalizing cannabis at the federal level. We already have legal cannabis here in California, but the war on drugs uh, continues to destroy the lives of individuals, uh, of families, of entire communities, entire races around the country. You know, we have replicated a racial caste system that rivals slavery in the antebellum period in its horror. And, you know, people often forget that slavery remains legal in the United States under the terms of the 13th Amendment, as long as it's a condition of, of punishment. And we have replicated, through the war on drugs, a prison industrial slavery complex, worse, at least in terms of the number of people impacted, uh, 
than, than, than the one we proudly uh, shrugged off 150 years ago. Um, legalizing cannabis would not only remove a pretext for a lot of police interactions, it also would enable a boom in a green industry. Like the jobs that would be available in the cultivation, the distribution, the various administrative support functions in the, the cultivation and distribution of a carbon sequestering cash crop. Contrast that with fossil fuel extraction. You've got an industry there with horribly negative environmental externalities. Cannabis is an industry with positive environmental externalities in which it just so happens our state and the Bay Area in particular is very well poised to benefit. If we were able to allow people in the cannabis industry access to banking services and interstate commerce, which is what federal legalization would enable, if we could get veterans access to cannabis instead of addictive opioids to deal with their PTSD, maybe more veterans would actually be able to survive the suicide epidemic that leaves so many of them tragically dead after they come back from armed service abroad. Uh, again, so just to sum that up, Housing, I think, is the most important issue confronting San Francisco. Uh, healthcare, I think, is the most important issue confronting our country. We have the money for both of those, as my allies in the race have, have noted, from the military budget. And I think that legalizing cannabis is another of those uh, post-partisan, transpartisan positions that the American people have come together around, even as our bipartisan governance system has continued to turn a blind eye. Thank you, Shahid. Shahid. Time and date. Amazing. And the minds that a couple of uh, that uh, housing, healthcare, and cannabis. Maybe cannabis can help pay for it. Let's figure out how to be to do that. Help pay for healthcare and housing. Number one, I think you might. And number two, and I'm about to get to all three of you. Number two, I hadn't thought of your vision, but David and Goliath. David the Slingshot, he was from here. He was around, the locals were all around him. He was going to become king eventually. Not so. And Goliath was from somewhere else. And so I liked you, David and Goliath. I hadn't seen it that, quite that way, and I, and I did the moment you mentioned it. David the Slingshot, homeboy. But what I said, all three of you. Tuesday's election day. Our next program here of the Common Thread Collective will be Friday. And we'll be on each and every Friday after that. And I want to invite all three of you, all of you, and in fact, you brought together your campaign staff. I want to invite them too. You got Ryan. To all of you, thank you. Talk about building a movement. That movement that's going to go beyond election day. You're going to need a few days rest, but then he's ready to jump in again. What's it going to look like? How we can do it? I want to invite all three of you to come back. And we're not the voice of what's happening, but we're our voice of building that movement in these troubled times. What do you think of that? Mutiny Radio. Come on back. Sounds great. Well, yeah, because we're really only halfway there yeah, because this this, uh, this June 5th election is the primary exactly. for this uh, for this seat in the House of Representatives for District 12. Um, and yeah, it, well, I mean, Pelosi as an incumbent obviously is going to garner a large amount of the June 5th vote because a lot of people kind of, you know, passively vote for the people who they think are good and already doing a good job and are already there. And um you know that that's that's a lot of the thinking behind voting, um, unfortunately. But uh, we're we're doing something different here at Muni Radio. We want to make sure that voices are heard. We want to make sure that um, maybe some somebody in this room is going to be the number two candidate in June, so that this uh, the campaign and this coalition of progressive ideas can build up to the November election. And like Ryan was saying, it's important most of all to get um, these. Uh, get the democratic establishment at the very least um, to recognize that times have changed. 
We're going beyond all that. Democrat, Green, let's get together. Love one another right now. We're here in San Francisco, and the movement is building. It's called Resistance. It started with the Women's March. In my mind, it started with me, the new level. And Obama was the Women's March. That wasn't Democrats, but it was what it was. People were coming together. Millions, thousands, thousands of women coming together. Well, I believe there's that's, that that's where the leadership is coming from. And that's what I say just to end up. Goddesses galore. Sisters glorious. Well, on that note, and Barry, I didn't mean to... Um like not give you a chance to uh, answer that question I thought that in, in a sense because you were talking about the the military budget that that was um, kind of obviously the biggest concern for you do you want to tie that into any other issues well, yes, I'm very glad that uh, she had brought up the issue of housing uh, because it really does dominate uh, uh, the discussion for uh, our mayoral candidates um, as it should um, and I appreciate that a little bit of the additional background info, info regarding uh, federal funding, the lack thereof. Uh, uh, but the additional point that folks really do uh, need to understand is that homelessness in America um, was not a major, major issue like it is today uh, until the early 1980s. And that was a direct uh, result of the federal government uh, stopping to fund workforce housing. Um, I get, have given the example before of, uh, I have a niece who's living in a two-bedroom condo in the suburbs of Phoenix. And, and it, because it was a federal project that was built in the mid-1960s, um, at the time to move into it, families, I only needed to put $1,000 down and then you just, you pay um, uh, basically fees that are used to uh, maintain the property, pay property taxes or whatever, uh, but the property is never bought and sold again, so there's no speculation going on. And my brother was able to buy in, in uh, on 1990 for $10,000, you know, so from 1966 until 1990, that's all it, it went up. And I asked him last year, Randy, if you were to, quote unquote, sell that unit, how much would you get? And he said, oh, about $10,000. You know, here we are 28 years later, 27 years. Um, and, and so my niece is living in that apartment, hasn't been a, a condo, hasn't been formally transferred to her yet. And she's paying $409 a month, which is about one third to one fourth what the market rate is in that area. Federally funded housing that is run by the tenants and is never bought and sold again. It has the power to provide affordable housing in this country, and it has the power to make a significant impact on our homeless crisis. And what's really been disappointing is that Nancy Pelosi has not been an advocate for restoring the HUD budget for workforce housing all of these years. And instead, the choice has been made in Washington to have the for-profit real estate industry uh, actually be trying to provide all of our housing, which hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. We have homeless veterans dying on our streets every single day. This is immoral. 
Our politicians, every single one says we support the troops. But I say they do not. If we have someone who has given their service, their lives, and they come back to this country and they are treated like dirt. That's, that to me is, is just the ultimate, ultimate in hypocrisy. Thank you, Barry. And again, I just want to remind folks, you are listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission District of San Francisco. And I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave, and we're interviewing three of the candidates who are running for the House of Representatives seat going up against incumbent Nancy Pelosi for District 12 here in California. And um, it's, I like how we're having this discussion here today, Dave. Yeah, really, and what I'm thinking now is that uh, next Tuesday, next Friday, that's a week from today, people. The election will be behind us. I want to invite all three of you, in fact, each and every person in this room, to come on back, invite some folks, and let's take a look at the results. Take a look and see how it looks till next uh, till November. How it looks for the next uh, next election. Well, we can take a look and uh, read, read some election returns and scratch our mutual heads together and see how that movement, we, that, uh, all of you have talked about in one way or another, how that movement can emerge and how we can bring that uh, come together right now and love one another. I mean, that's the song. And we do it, learning to love and loving to learn. So let's do that, Val. Next week, you guys. We'll have a little decompression. Decompression. <laughs> and take a look at the result. It's called Where We Go From Here. A where. We go from here, not just where we go from here, but a more aware do we go from here. Are you guys down for that? Yeah, we'll see. Presentation. Um, there's a next, the next weekend uh, after the, the election, uh, the California Green Party is having a state meeting in Stockton. Uh, and I am going to go uh, to that. And I'm probably, it's Saturday and Sunday, and I'm planning on uh, trying to get out of town early on, on Friday and maybe going to see the Stockton Ports play baseball on Friday evening. So I don't think I'm going to be here, Dave. I'm, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of in the I'm, same I'm boat. I'm happy to come back the, the following yeah. week. I, th no. I think we're all in the same boat. We'd love to join you. It might be hard to schedule on the air, but you know, my, my decompression no looks like DJing a music festival, so I, I, I won't be in the city that Friday, but I look forward to the discussion. Right on, Shahid. Yes, the multi-talented Shahid Buttar. He's a poet, too, by the way, and a DJ. Um, but I, I want to open this up because uh, we've got a little more time, but I know some, some folks have a little bit of a time constraint um, to questions from our audience. And I, I saw that uh, is it David Grace over there? Uh, if you want to ask a question and, and see if our candidates here want to address that um, Go ahead. Thanks, Val. Hey, I, uh, regarding Hunter's point, uh, it's been raised uh, earlier in the discussion. For 25 years, the Navy has been responsible for cleaning it up. They've been going out of their way to not clean it up, and they've been lying about their activities. So I'm wondering how uh, each of the candidates are uh, facing that off. Uh, Property is being sold. Uh, I think Willie Brown tried to put the ballet school on top of that hazardous waste dump. Uh, they clearly don't have any respect for uh, for anybody uh, in the sale of that property or the cleanup, and that actually includes Treasure Island. Uh, 
You got to, do, do you have to be yeah. I do have to go, but I'll just quickly say that I think it's disgusting and it shows a lack of regard for the sanctity of human life. And I think that we definitely need to be prioritizing that. I believe Supervisor Cohen recently championed an initiative that would have them retest the soil. I think that that needs to uh, be a priority for our city and also for the residents. And I do hope that if it is shown that it uh, is unsafe and it's inhospitable, that we immediately find a place for the residents to go. And I think that um, it's just disgusting. There's no other way to, to frame it. And I guess the question would be, well, you know, I'm, no pressure here. Go ahead, Barry. It's more than disgusting. Um, I, I believe there's some corruption here. Um, Dr. Ahimsa Samchai has been writing about this issue and uh, the toxic soils, and not only just the Bayview, but uh, out on Treasure Island as well, uh, for a long time, many years. There have been calls for hearings, which have been ignored by members of our Board of Supervisors, by our state representatives, by our federal representatives. The fact that finally this year, there was proof that 90 to 97% of the soils tested were false. And there was still silence coming from Nancy Pelosi's office is absolutely inexcusable. Here is a federal Superfund site in San Francisco, in her district, a contractor being paid tens of millions of dollars to do the work who is clearly falsifying, and there is silence from Pelosi's office. And finally, finally, Malia Cohen, Supervisor Cohen, steps forward to call for a hearing. It's embarrassing. I'm glad she did, finally. But why didn't Sophie Maxwell before that? What? what? The health and welfare of people in this district are not worth asking questions about while other people are making money? This, this is inexcusable. Yeah. I certainly agree with, with Barry and Ryan. This is inexcusable, it's disgusting, and it's shameful. And I think it represents an all-too-consistent pattern of our major parties putting profit before people and corporations before communities. And you can see that revealed in such uh, glaring and, and unapologetic terms in the Hunter's Point fraud, the corporate fraud to remedy military toxic waste. I mean, in some respects, it, and, and we're talking about a toxic waste dump under the site that's supposed to be the location for the next wave of housing here in the community. And you know, if you, if you think about the intersections among those issues, the, the Hunter's Point scandal almost neatly encapsulates all the different things we're talking about, right? It's housing. It's the military uh, industrial complex co-opting our communities. It's the commitment to, in this case, corporate fraud. And I'll note a couple points here. One, there is an absent congressional oversight role that Congress is charged with playing, not just specific to Hunter's Point, but across the country. There are any number of Superfund sites that reflect environmental racism on the part of the military when dumping, for in this case, radioactive waste for a generation and a half. And now we're supposed to build housing on this? 
right? I, I think there's another piece here that relates to constituent services. One of the very uh, basic things that members of Congress do, aside from guarding the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies, is represent the rights of their constituents. When constituents have gone to Representative Pelosi's office, they've gotten a deaf ear and a stiff arm. And that, I think, is an abdication of the role. I dare say it's disqualifying. I think it's as disqualifying as expanding the surveillance powers of the Trump administration or allowing a criminal president to have a budget without any fixes for immigrant students or voting to keep the troops deployed instead of letting them come home finally after the longest conflicts in American history. I think it's as disqualifying as presiding over the evisceration of the federal budget for affordable housing, landing the city in a housing crisis. If accountability means anything, it is the need for us to shrug off a stale generation of leadership and usher in some new voices because, quite frankly, San Francisco has not been represented in entirely too long, and, and few examples uh, reflect that as deeply and as intersectionally as the scandal at Hunter's Point. Thank you, and thank you for the question. Um, yes, we, I, I, I agree with um, what was what's been said here. You know, it was the the, the Navy who then um, contracted out to the private company, and then uh, the Navy itself turning its back on the uh, the. Um, you know, gross negligence of the contractor that they hired. Um, that is not an American. That's very un-American. If if you're going to, um, you know, say that you're gonna, here to protect and defend uh, the United States of America and its citizens, uh, that is a huge failure. Um, and you know what? I mean, just to jump into this conversation because I can't really help myself. Um, it's it, it just seems like a a legacy uh, that has been growing of. Um, irresponsibility uh, on the part of government um, or inability or the fear of representatives um, to actually raise these issues and to stand up for them in Washington, D.C. Um, now, I know, Shahid, you, you've done a lot of some work in Washington, D.C. Barry, have you been um, done any policy work in in Washington, D.C. before? Not in Washington, but I've, I've worked on legislation uh, here in San Francisco and have uh, successively passed legislation that has affected uh, tens of thousands of people here, in, uh, you know, mostly in the area of raising uh, a minimum wage uh, in the area of, of a living wage campaign. So. So my question, I guess, to both of you, because um, Ryan had to go. Thank you, Ryan Kojaste, for being part of this panel discussion, this forum, um, is how do you think, I mean, if you're elected as the District 12 representative for San Francisco, um, what do you, how do you how do you see that that environment of Washington D.C. Like, what are your kind of expectations of that, and uh, how do you think you'd kind of try to um, work within that environment that seems to put a lot of pressure on people to um, make you know corrupt compromises? 
You know, I, I'm, I've been in D.C. before. It is a cesspool. Uh, and the description of uh, Washington compelling compromises, it really only works that way if you're advancing your career first. If you're willing to put principles or the rights and interests of your constituents or the Constitution before your career, I don't actually think serving in Washington is that. I mean, it's complicated, obviously. There's any number of things to track and stay familiar with. But it, it's not nearly as... Um, uh, uh, complicated as it might sound. It's basically a knife fight. And one of the things that makes it somewhat complicated, do you mind if I close the door? No, yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, one of the things that makes it particularly complicated is the challenge for... Uh, um, Maybe we'll, we'll get somebody to, to close the door. Yeah, behind. thank you. Can you close the door behind you? Thank one you. One of the things that make uh, DC complicated is the um, diversion of interest, you know, that we're told in the partisan arena that there is a tension between conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats and there's a fight in the middle and it's that simple. And it's not because the complicity of corporate Democrats in advancing conservative principles, in undermining progressive reforms, that's, that's really the only thing that makes it complicated, but therein lies a great deal of opportunity. So there are two particular opportunities that I would explain uh, that are available to, uh, to me if I'm able to represent um, the 12th Congressional District of California. In the U.S. House of Representatives, the first is oversight. So I've written a lot about the erosion of federal oversight, particularly of national security agencies. My work at the Electronic Frontier Foundation when I was running the Bill of Rights Defense Committee, my work before that at Muslim Advocates. You know, I've basically played a citizen oversight role of the FBI and the NSA and the DEA for the better part of a decade. I've organized coalitions of dozens of civil rights groups that have posed questions for senators who they've then posed at Senate Judiciary Committee hearings. Uh, I've been arrested in the Senate Armed Services Committee for asking a question that no one in Congress has the cojones to raise. Uh, and this, this opportunity to ask questions of officials under oath and get answers instead of getting locked up for it uh, would be particularly compelling. Some of the questions that I would particularly force answers to, how many Americans have been subjected to so-called incidental collection by the National Security Agency? Uh, you know, how many uh, Americans have, uh, uh, you know, continue to bear penalties as a result of convictions for nonviolent drug offenses that have no constitutional basis for being criminalized in the first place, right? How many veterans could be served if we allowed uh, non-pharmaceutical treatments for depression and PTSD or anxiety, right? These are crucial questions that no one is asking that in an oversight role, uh, you could really get to the bottom of I'll, I'll another one that is particularly sharp for me in the wake of the last few weeks. We now have an international war criminal leading the CIA. And you know th this, this, the CIA torture scandal and the drone strikes uh, escalation of the agency's long established and continuing enduring human rights abuses is an, a perfect example of the bipartisan co-optation of our constitution because Democrats have had their hands all over it. And this is an arena where as a member of Congress, not only only would I be uh, actively investigating government agencies through the oversight role, shaking facts loose to inform the news cycle, being an ally to whistleblowers instead of the kinds of members of Congress who throw them under the bus consistently. Um, in addition to that, there is a profound opportunity to work across the wings of the political system to outflank a bipartisan, a bipartisan establishment uh, that has its head in the sand. We've already established any number of places, healthcare, housing, drug policy, uh, foreign policy, where uh, corporate Democrats are basically promoting conservative principles. The way around that, there are on each of these issues, not each of them, but on many of them, certainly drug policy, parts of the foreign policy equation, civil liberties, and political process reform, 
there is a consensus across the political spectrum and available alliances with libertarian members of Congress who have before with joined with progressive Democrats already overcome the institutional inertia of the bipartisan center. Uh, I'll just move one last thing. There was a recent study uh, done, I believe it was with uh, professors from Columbia University who uh, documented empirically and with some de- degree of statistical rigor that the most uh, uh, prone to authoritarianism uh, perspective in the United States are centrists, which is to say it is the bipartisan establishment that by appeasing a criminal president is in danger of ducking us all into the punch of emerging authoritarianism. And, and that is the train that I hope to, to stop from reaching the next station. And that requires members of Congress who are willing to throw themselves on the tracks. And that's exactly what I'm going to Congress to do. I have one question. I mean, Saeed, I have one question. Do you, do you take time at all just to be an ordinary human being? Or is your mind going at all times and all times with all this stuff? It's kind of mind-blowing to hear you. And I just want to say I love you, brother. I Take you some too, time to be an ordinary human being like the rest of us. How's that? You know, I love you too, Dave. You've been an inspiration to me for, for 15 years. Folks, some folks, some of your listeners might not know that when we launched the 16th and Mission Outdoor Art Convergence, uh, which has had an outdoor open mic every week for the last 15 years, one of our original inspirations was our host, Diamond Dave Whitaker. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person to the extent that I have passions outside politics. In fact, I was just out at 16th and Mission last night uh, at 11:30, singing the blues. Okay, uh, well, that's and, all that and he's going to DJ a festival next weekend. I, I, from what I hear, we're doing all this stuff, but it's up to you to talk to yourself a bit. You're talking to me. You're talking to everybody here. You're talking to the listener, but talk to yourself a little bit sometime and say, how I can can I take some time after Tuesday to take some time and you. You don't want to give yourself a brain explosion too much because I'm like, well, my God, what's going to happen to this dude's brain? And just take a little quiet, a little rest, and we'll see what happens. You're one of you, about. maybe you, will be the number two with the Nancy Pelosi and one of the two of you. But the rest will come, and then then will be the, the first day of the rest of our lives. And let's figure out what to do and how to do it and come together as equals, as brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, human beings here at the planet. In the green to the green state city neighborhood of the mission green and thank you in fact i was just brought in by my uh, I, I think Jasmine i think i think what we're getting down to here is that diamond dave cares about everybody's well-being as we do here on the common thread collective um but uh being here today has been a really enlightening conversation i'm glad that we got to have three of the candidates to come into the same room we can kind of see where some of these issues um you know definitely cross over between and amongst the candidates but also just within this kind of voting block that we really um can have here especially in san francisco a movement of people um who are seen and are no longer have the blinders on about the two-party system that has really failed us in many respects um you know i i also would you know give credit to all of our public servants but um certainly um not to the uh you know the, the the corruption of of those values that may have put them in there in the first place but i think that the values in this room um really represent a new era of ethical uh, representation um and certainly passion that can take us forward and out of some of this mess so hey, what do you say housing health care and cannabis let's figure it out dave just keep it organic brother
That's right. Don't pan it. Keep it organic. That's Shahid Buttar, um, your your uh, website is shahidforchange.us. That's right. And Barry Hermanson, your website is? .org. And it's a number four. Barry for Congress. B-A-R-R-Y. Yes. Congress.org. Sorry. Yeah. Barryforcongress.org. Oh, thank you. Oh, we're getting, we're getting taken care of here because this is community. Thank you. Um, thank you all for being here. Um, if you have any other final comments you want to make, and then we'll kind of wrap it up and, and uh, go back, go into the rest of our programming here this afternoon. But we're certainly happy that you're here and uh, flexible. Go ahead, Barry. Well, I just, I just want to say to all the other candidates, um, during this last few days uh, before the election, it's uh, traditionally it's a time of just incredible stress. You wake up in the morning and you say, what is it that I haven't done? I, I, what can I do extra in order to get up over the top? Um, I've done this before. And, and uh, you know, I finally, I finally decided it's, I've done the work. I know you've done the work, Shahid, uh, that it, it's time just to have some fun. Yes, do some work, do some work, but enjoy the last few days of the campaign. Yeah. And thanks, Val, for bringing us together. It's always fun to share a forum. Thanks, you guys. Right. Well, folks, you have been listening to the Candidates Forum for District 12 of California, re representing San Francisco in the House of Representatives, Shahid Buttar. Barry Hermanson and Ryan Kajaste joined us here today. They're all challenging Nancy Pelosi, and I wish all of you great um, luck. And I think um, it's beyond luck right now. We're just, uh, I, think, I think we're seeing a real change in this country, and I think that a lot of change is possible. And we're, we're talking about it, and we're seeing it happen right here, right now, at Mutiny Radio, here in the Mission District of San Francisco, uh, where we like to pr uh, support and promote and practice free speech um, because it, it's a it's kind of a solemn reminder that um, there are many people in this world and not just uh, far and away but in this community um, who don't have the right to exercise their right to vote um, or fear exercising their right of free speech and um, you know we're here to send uh, love and positivity uh, and a hope for peace and that we can have all this uh, these wonderful new leaders who are emerging to come out and and move us in that direction in a, in a grander systemic sense uh, while the rest of us here hanging out in the mission district uh, can you know warm your hearts uh, lead with a guitar in our hand and our brother John is coming back with a song and then we have these two sisters these two sisters just come in hey Val then we have these two sisters who are going to be playing some guitar too oh wonderful so leaders can exist but by the way I, I say goddesses glory sisters glory this women stepping up hey Michelle hey. and one of the ways to step might step up with a guitar in your hand Right on. So, so John, get up there, and then these two women are, are, are getting together, and they're going to come up and uh, take us to our next uh, whatever. All right. Well, John gets set up. I'll play a little music while he gets his microphones adjusted. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective. And remember, we love you. Single woman, 
What a day here at Mutiny Radio. That was some music from Rastaria, uh, that song. I love to play that song. It's called Illegal. Um, illegal immigration is just an illusion. And as Diamond Dave would say, borders are just a line on their map. And so here at the Common Threat Collective, uh, we, we, we believe in coming together because we all share this one planet. And uh, why would we want to hurt each other to share it? So... We've got John Rodanio back up on the stage. He opened the show for us today, and he's back with his guitar. And take it away, John. Welcome back. Thank you. So, uh, although I just did a song by uh, open with a song by my wife, Vicki Leitner, I'm gonna do another Vicki Leitner song because I think some of our candidates need to hear it. So, this one's called Peanuts. They have a salt peanuts. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. The Democrats give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our poor peanuts away. and Republicans really the same their only difference just in name Dems give you peanuts, repubs take them away, bear the boat deep as shit and pay for play this land is your land it ain't no more ruled by big business and that's the score peanuts they give us peanuts Democrats Give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. Shrinking middle class, they ought to make a fuss. Sadly, if you're poor, tossed under the bus. No aristocracy, ha, that's a joke. Workers are just slaves renamed held by yoke. People come together, we can't just shout and scream. Stand up and join in a global dream. Peanuts. They give us peanuts. Democrats. Give us peanuts. Republicans. They take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. land is your land, this earth is one, can live on 20 bucks, we're not scum, can let them rape the earth, treat us like their minions, people stand up, we've done this before, yes we can say that it is glass war, peanuts, they give us peanuts, democrats, give us peanuts, Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our poor peanuts away. Speak truth to power, don't sit on your ass. Shout, scream, don't buy from the ruling class. Raping the earth. 
causing mass slaughter, poisoning the air and land, killing sons and daughters. People come together, it's their finest hour. We got the numbers to take the power. Peanuts. They're giving us peanuts. The Democrats give us peanuts. Republicans, they take our peanuts. They take our peanuts away. <laughs> oh, right on, John Rodano. <laughs> Uh, and Vicky for her for her her lyrics to that song. You have any uh, shows coming up, John? Uh, I not till September. Not till September. September. So I'll come back in and if I talk about it now, nobody will remember. <laughs> that's possible. That's probably true. September so, uh, seems right around the corner. Would you like to sing another song? Yeah. So I'm gonna do another song uh, called Mr. San Francisco, and this pretty much covers everything that a uh, a. Uh, candidate might want to know about San Francisco, so. Well, I'm packing up my bags, get set for moving day. Gotta go and find me a cheaper place to stay. You know the rents, they keep on rising. It's getting be more than I could pay. Well, I might be better off if I just move across the bay. So I'm checking out the Craigslist, nothing coming up. Go to get some coffee, it's four bucks a cup. And the deli on the corner is now a salam on there. For a buck I get a pickle and a really cold-hearted stare. San Francisco's moving out, Manhattan's moving in. You could hardly tell the difference when you're looking from Marin. If you wanna understand it, you gotta read some Howard Sin. Cause the working poor are moving out. And big money's moving in. And now the artists and musicians getting scattered all around. The teachers get the message, there's no place for them in town. And the tourists wanna see the painted ladies, not just houses in the old field court. But the color in the city just ain't gonna be here no more. Well, I'm Mr. San Francisco, I don't wanna leave. I can't beat the magic of Mayor Lee Sleeve. So much money in the city, I never believe. So they're building all these condos, they're blotting out the sky. But none of them are built for me, there's nothing I can buy. Just a bunch of stacked up boxes, ticky tacky, and they all look the same. Move over, Nostradamus. Melvina has much better aim. That's Melvina Rebels. Well, whatever happened to the power of the vote? All these changes being made by the biggest bank note. So I went to City Hall to see if I can get me some kind of break. But they're having a big old party. And they gave me a piece of cake. Well, there's so much construction, they're building dead and night. And all the backroom deals will never see the light. And they say if they keep building, there'll be housing for one and all. 
It's about the biggest scam that they ever kicked up in City Hall. San Francisco, I'm just hanging on. I try to tell my story to the gate and the cron. They act like I'm just talking about some dirty strap on. Well, you never know what really means until you finally go to miss the festival things you left back in San Francisco. Just another little piece of my heart, and it really ain't so well hid. I'm gonna come back to visit. Just like Mr. Tony Bennett did. And now we used to be a city of love with flowers in our hair. But now, but now the blue recycle bins are the only way we share. Will it take another earthquake to get us all back together? With Joe DiMaggio in that soup line, it made us feel a whole lot better. Got through the darkest days of murder, buried milk, and the mayor couldn't stop the Kool-Aid killer, 900 lost in prayer. And if you eat a Twinkie, you know the craziness just won't stop. And my wife's on the corner, and she's giving some flowers to a cop. Well, I'm Mr. San Francisco, I don't want to leave. I can't beat the magic of Mayor Lee Sleeve. So much money in the city, you never believe. Well, from Chinatown to the Mission, Richmond to Hunter's Point, everybody sits together when they go to Tommy's Joint. But there's a dark side to the city as her class is split into two. Need a bigger room in the North Beach Saloon. Then drink away your troubles with the blues. Here's some blues. Uh, we got this rainbow of love. From Castro to the Ferries, we won the Super Bowl, we won the World Series, and we partied all night in the street with our glory for happy and our glory and our fame. But too many had no home to go to, and that's our biggest shame. Right on, hey, John. Uh, you always, you always nail it. It's so good to have you here. And hey, outside the door, Val, is two of Trio Cambio. I was calling it a Trio Cambio duet. So let's put some music on. And they're out there practicing. I know they'll have something which will fit right in. I'm seeing the sisters standing up. Trio Cambio duet coming up. So put some music on if you will. I will. And I'm sure you have some things to say. I'm going to go get them. I do. Well, also, I'll let you guys know that MAP is happening tomorrow. That's the Mission Arts and Performance Project. Um, I'm sure that the duo of Trio Cambio will be mentioning that. They're going to be performing in MAP, I think, in the Secret Garden tomorrow evening. MAP um, is a free event where you can go to various spots around the Mission District that have opened up their doors um, to become art and performance venues. So check out the schedule for tomorrow, June 2nd, MAP, that's M-A-P-P, -P, 
sf.com or on Facebook, Mission Arts and Performance Project. I'm going to play a song from a band that a one of the founding members and elders of MAP uh, is part of, I'm um, talking about Jorge Molina, and who knows, we might see him a little bit later today. He sometimes comes in right before MAP um, to give a blessing, but um, uh, Jorge Molina is part of a really cool band called the Troublemakers Union, and he gave us their CD called Fight Back, and the song that we love to play the most off of this, um, even though they're all very good, is the anti-fascist funk. Do we want to win? Do we want to win or do we want to win? Moral. 
enemy is greed. Love and unity is really what the people need. The enemy is arrogance. The enemy is greed. Love and unity is really what the people need. Join us for love and fun. Love and fun. Love and fun. Troublemakers Union. Jorge Molina is in that band. We're the troublemakers. Help us save the world. That's very appropriate for the Common Thread Collective, wouldn't you say, Diamond? I would. Speaking of Jorge Molina, map a, a, a day that went inexplicably intertwined with us. I'll put it that way. Map is the map, the mission, arts and performance project. It's going to be coming up Saturday. That's tomorrow. And so it's coming fast, faster and faster, it seems. So with Ellison, the library lady. Ellison, what is going to be the theme and what are the high points of this week's map? Oh, well, um, this week's map is tomorrow. Um, 
not far from here, 24th Street. That's it. Um, 16th Street, 18th Street. There are a lot of new venues, and I myself am trying to find out if um, if the website is functional. We'll find that out momentarily. But the main thing is that the theme of MAP is unity in resistance. That's and that's wow. where I feel like we started the year, or we ended in December 2017 with something similar, and now here we are, halfway through 2018, oh my and resisting every which way, and some unity is what we like to come to consensus to at our meetings. Unity is what we need when resisting. So, so map is Saturday. Map Any is high points? You didn't mention the uh, well, up and down the street will be stuff. That's right, uh, and the, um, and right around the corner at yeah, Secret Garden. Secret Gardens, for which, sure. Um, is one of my favorite spots, rain or shine, because of all those wonderful trees, outdoor benches, um, holiday lights all year round, <laughs> and often candles and um, wonderful incense. performers and incense, too. So um, I guess that would lead in to our musicians, and then I can talk a little more later. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a good, Thanks, a good point. Now, Val, yeah, you're right, uh, Allison. We have two members of uh, Secret Gardens. They've been the hosts uh, month after month. I'm talking about Trio Cambio. But here are two of them. I guess we could call it this duet Cambio. And we're so glad to see them come through the door, rolling in. So glad to see you. Uh, we see you here that somewhere you said, let's go down to the Common Thread Collective and play a couple songs. And you did it. Welcome. Let us, let us know, let us hear what it is you're going to be about at the piano and at the guitar. Thanks so much, um, Allison and Diamond Dave and Global Val. Yes, we will be holding down the secret garden. We're actually going to be opening it up with a ceremony um, honoring the four directions. There'll be conch shells and incense to honor the ancestors. And then also we will have a um, cosmic sound journey called No Man's Jam. A women-led open jam that um, we will be looking forward to. And so we're here to promote that. And first, I will be playing a short Chopin etude in F minor.
Oh my goodness! What a what a classical treat that was! And what a joy! And I see that your third member, Cambia, has just come to the door. Hey, one song. So glad you're here. <laughs> you guys, feel free. The stage is yours. And the world is ours. Um, Trio Cambio has grown a fourth member, which we now have Eric Costello Lee on the guitar. <laughs> and we actually never play um, covers, so you just heard me play a uh, classical Chopin cover, 200 years old. And now we're going to do another cover called yeah. The Rivers of Babylon. Uh -huh. Oh, nice. Oh, you're going to take me to the river, reggae on the river. There's, yeah, if you want to use them. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah, Windsong, if you want to use the uh, microphone that Kay had over by the um, piano. Are you playing the piano? You're not going to shake and sing? Hi, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good, Windsong. So it's kind of an interesting series of events that got me here at the same time as these wonderful people, but I'm delighted to be here. It's always good to play. Are we in tune? Hmm? Okay. Um, Let's all take a deep breath together. <sighs> One more, more, just to feel it out. Imagine us being by a river. Yeah, and carrying carrying the history of our beloved world and of all the struggles um, of our past and of the different strains of humanity coming together as one um, and transforming transforming through history to a time of acceptance and a time of deeper understanding and a time of 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 love. So two. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we were when we So let the word of my mouth 
please come join us and see us at MAP. We're going to be at the Secret Garden, which is on Harrison between 23rd and 24th. We'll be doing the it's No Man's Jam. got a yellow jam. gate, and the gate will be open. We'll have a chalkboard outside announcing MAP, Mission Arts and Performance Project. Uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. in the 7 Secret Garden. 7 p.m. in the Secret Garden. Oh, how special. There. Yeah. It goes until 9. 9. Yeah, we have a great program lined up too. How beautiful! Thank you so much. Com Combia. So, so oh, D Dave wants to know if you if you want to do yeah. one more, if you will. Yeah. You want to do this guitar? Yeah, you want to sit? You get the. Yeah. And, and Erica's new to to Combia. Erica is well. So yes. So we were trio Combio with Sophia. She's at work, and so now Erica's on drums, mostly. How and cool. So now we are four. Cambia meaning change and changing and ever-changing, and we are now changing. And now is the change. Yeah. It's evolution. <laughs> evolution, that's right. And room for, you know, room for growth. And maybe always mm -hmm. like have a place for expansion in our lives and like just being aware of that and mm -hmm. when it should happen and mm -hmm. what way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I okay, so this song may be familiar to some of you here. to dedicate this action this action <laughs> this yes. song which is an action yes um to those of us who came out yesterday morning to call attention to the problem that we have in san francisco of ignoring things that are very important such as such as housing and housing is a human right we will not give up the fight and we were part of this action yesterday called Stop Texploitation. We called the Google buses to a halt. We piled all the electric scooters in front of them. And we said, no electronic device should have more rights than a human being. This song goes out to those who aren't maybe are unaware of the senses that they have and they're just walking around like to the world around you. When you're when you're when you're gonna realize. To be seen, you must take off your disguise. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. 
We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. We are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers. We are the movers and the makers and the shakers. So just to call attention to our abilities as human beings who look around us. Also known as neighbors. Neighbors? Absolutely. Not such a crazy concept, you know, San Francisco. We have something we like to say here. There is nothing you can do or say that'll make us turn away. We will keep on loving you. Each and every single day. Walking round and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the makers and the shakers join us we are the movers and the makers and the shakers we are the movers and the makers and the earthquakers we are the movers and the Change it up. Power to the people. Change it up. Power to the people. Shake it up. Power to the people. Change it up. Shout out to Diamond Dave.
are the movers. That's why we're here. So move it. Yeah. Cast a wide net. Cast a wide net. Don't panic. Keep it organic. Yeah. Cambia. Cambia. Today. Wow. Oh, that was so sweet. I can only say today is the first day of the rest of our life. Let's keep it moving, keep it rolling, because that's what we're we about to do. Summer is ahead, and then election day is next Tuesday, and beyond that, there's going to be a lot of interesting things happening. And so come on down to the Secret Garden tomorrow. At 7 o'clock, it's going to be a beautiful evening, and it'll be a special event ceremony, I believe. Do I have that right, Val? That's what the word is. So let's do it. Thank you, Cambia, for gracing us with your presence and your energy and making sure that we're all present. Um, that's so important, and it really helps to uh, boost what, what we're all about here on the Common Thread Collective. And, yeah, go on out to the Secret Garden for MAP. Check out Mission Arts and Performance Project. It's going to be going on throughout the evening, free events in various spaces and places uh library lady has the schedule right in front of her oh yeah there's actually some newer spots um well yes secret garden 23rd on harrison near 23rd 2775 harrison pathos on harrison is often ground zero after party starts at nine o'clock with david kubrin and jorge molina um, I heard he might be here today. Well, it's just a yeah. guess. Uh, sometimes he comes by uh, the day before a map to oh, do a little blessing, right. but we'll see. It's he's a, welcome. Oh, he's welcome, yeah. yeah. It's 520 right now, so we'll, we're going to be wrapping up here in the next 15, 20 minutes or Super. so. Super. Okay, well, Community Music Center will be performing again, and the reason I want to mention them is that they've been around a long time. They don't have the opportunity to do map every session but i ran into one of the singers from their um cuban salsa ensemble i ran into her on bart the other day going downtown and she said yes they are 544 cap street between 20th and 21st community music center starting at 6 30 and going till 9 30 but you know how that salsa dancing is who knows right i i stumbled into that one last map and uh it was a whole it was a whole room full of salsa salsa in oh um, yeah people it, were having a good time 
yeah and that's it, a really cool space the, the the mission community music center i i had never been inside before but it's a really beautiful little kind of auditorium and they have summer school classes there too um yeah. if for for kids if um or young people who um either have uh, zero to some um pre uh, some in- instrument training so check out their summer camps too Oh yeah, that's um, that's wonderful that you remember that because um, it we get the little postcards sometimes mm-hmm. at the library and sometimes all we get is one poster. But um, so we love to just remind p- people and parents if you're looking for something fun and educational together. Right, and yeah. um, there there are some I believe there are some scholarships available as well. Oh, super! Yeah. Okay, well, um, some other venues, just real quick. Red Poppy Art House, which actually is, um, you know, I think that's where it all began. Yes. With MAP. And yes, they will be part of the whole thing. And someone from Mission Cultural Center was reminding us at one of the meetings that this is the 15th year of map or coming into the 15th year so they're planning a celebration at one of the maps later this year wow so keep your eyes on the mapp facebook page mission arts and performance project and um, often the website is available as well or just talk to one of the artists if you run into somebody and bart or in the neighborhood or downtown or wherever they might be here at mutiny radio just check in um face to face as david kubrin would say because he's not on facebook but good for he's david available kubrin. yes and as cambia just reminded us a place where you can look people in the eye and become aware and even if you're blind we're, we're going to be there for you so um, right. map is a great experience um, whether you're from here and you've never been or if you're in the neighborhood and you go sometimes or if you're visiting from out of town what a great opportunity to really get immersed in the local uh, arts and music culture of san francisco because there's poetry there's dance there's music there's sometimes there's the mime troupe is the, is the mime troupe on there this time because um, they have a little place on treat now that's right they, i didn't see them this time mm, i those. did hear that they have a lot of youth performance sessions coming up this summer maybe we'll get to see one of those around um, the city or around the Bay Area hopefully Um, but some of the oh now this is interesting I'm going to go to the very end of the list and that is because Radio Havana Social Club is um, joining in I don't know if they've been at map in a while i'm not sure but um here they are they um got a variety of music and spoken word and a session called map storytelling by you okay sounds like an open mic for storytelling at the radio havana and that's on valencia right it's like between 21st and 22nd maybe yeah it's near the corner of corner of 22nd right near where city college opens on to valencia the mission campus campus. so 1109 valencia near 22nd that's starting at eight and um Okay, then going backwards, another newer space, Noise Bridge, which is right. a, 
combination of actors and artists and hackers and musicians and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. I went there a couple weeks ago and um, they've got lightning talks, Noisebridge Social, and StoryCorps. This is kind of special because it'll be during the day. It starts at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Noisebridge Hackerspace, 2169 Mission, third floor, between 18th and 17th. And um, it'll be 1 to 6. It sounds like something new and inventive and lots of spoken word, but I know some of them are professional actors. I think there's going to be some theater. And I've got... um, Just a couple more venues to mention. Artillery Art Gallery at Mission near 24th. Alley Cat Books, Mission Cultural Center. And don't forget, Adobe Books is often part of the scene. Check it out. They're right down the street from Alley Cat, so it doesn't hurt to just wander by and see what's up at Adobe Books. And um, that's it, but it'll be all day and into the night, starting at Noisebridge and panning out around the Mission, up and down Mission Street, up and down 24th, and in the neighborhood. Anyway, thank you, Val. It, um, MAP is um, a welcoming place for artists, musicians, storytellers. Um, we've had all of the above at the library, and I'm really always glad just to come and help out. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Thank you, Allison, our library lady, as Dave likes to call you, which is really a great, I, I think it's a fun name to radio it name. And now the it library is. lady. Um, we're happy that you're part of the Common Thread Collective um, to bring us these good news and good words and sometimes a good poem and a, or a good book um, and just lots of great community information. So thanks for helping out with MAP. Um, and yeah, Artillery Gallery, which you mentioned, that's going to be a spot where people can actually go and pick up the physical paper map um but you can check out the facebook page or if you're like david kubrin who actually run you know is a founding member of map doesn't have facebook go to artillery galley pick up the <laughs> paper map and you can follow it all around the neighborhood or if uh, we think the website's probably going to be updated if it's not already updated map that's m-a-p-p that's for Mission Arts and Performance Project. M-A-P-P-S-F.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll find it all right there. And it looks like you do have something. The library lady has a book in her hand. Not surprised. What's up, Allison? Okay. Well, just really quick. Um, speaking of the library, um, Mission Branch Book Club in English. The, our last meeting was um, earlier this year where we were reading an Italian author Um, Elena Ferrante. Well, now here in June with summer reading kickoff, we're going to kick off with um, a dystopian but somewhat timely older title, The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin. Um, We will be talking about it uh, Monday, June 25th, 5 o'clock at, um, well, call the library for more information. The Um, location to be announced but um, in April we were able to meet at Adobe Books. It is highly possible we will be there again um, 5 o'clock Monday, June 25th 
the phone number to call the library, you can ask for the second floor information desk. It's 415-355-2800 or just stop by any day of the week, 24th and Bartlett, second floor. You can pick up a copy or reserve it. Um, a lot of you have heard of Ursula Le Guin, but um, for those of you who haven't, she did pass away recently. Um, she had been a Bay Area icon as well as um, known to be a sci-fi writer with universal themes. Um, very talented, very long-lived, born in 1929 and passed away January 2018. And um, yes, it, she was born here in Berkeley, passed away in Oregon. Her book, The Dispossessed, uh, just a little quick blurb, An Ambiguous Utopia. It came out in 1974. Um, it won the Nebula Award for Best Novel that year and received a nomination for the Don W. Campbell Memorial Award in 1975. According to Wikipedia, it achieved a degree of literary recognition unusual for sci-fi works due to its exploration of many themes, including anarchism, revolutionary societies, capitalism, individualism, and collectivism, all in one book. So, as I was saying, it she did touch on ideas, um, and the societal conditions that would appeal to almost any audience back then and today. So hope to see you there, and if not, just pick it up because, as I said, a very timely novel. Well, thank you for the excellent recommendation. So Monday, June 25th at 5 p.m., did you say at the library or at, well, at, maybe possibly at Adobe library, Books? library, possibly at Adobe Books. Um, okay, that will well. be finalized within uh, the next two weeks. Call us for more information or check the library website. That's http colon slash slash <laughs> sfpl.org. We have a monthly calendar. And um, we have a whole variety of book clubs. If you don't like ours or you're not available, you can get links to other book clubs just by looking up our event or any book club event. And um, don't forget, we have many branches. They're open every day, including Sundays. Yes, to the library a community resource that we should always cherish and protect and utilize. So if you're into the book club idea, check out this really interesting sounding novel, The Dispossessed, Ursula McGuin. Le Guin. <laughs> That's L-E-G-U-I-N. I was just putting a little French twist on it. Because um, it's a French name, Le Guin. Uh, or Absolutely. Le Guin, if you must pronounce the N. Thank you, Allison. So, folks, uh, you have been listening to the Common Thread Collective today. What a day here at Mutiny Radio. We had a candidates forum for the three three people who are running against Nancy Pelosi for the uh, House of Representatives seat to represent District 12 of California, which is San Francisco. Uh, the vast majority of San Francisco uh, is District 12. Uh, I, I highly recommend that um, you 
check out um, what these candidates are about. Um, Shahid Buttar, really an impressive individual, um, multi-talented. Shahid is S-H-A. H-I-D. Um, you can check out shahidforchange.us. Um, Barry Hermanson, who's running on the Green Party ticket, Barry, number four, congress.com. Um, and also Ryan Kajaste, uh, Kajaste for congress.com. So um, some really inspiring um, leaders, emerging leaders, people who um, have thrown their hat in the ring because they're tired of the same old song and dance in our two-party system that so often fails us. And so we're happy to be here at Mutiny Radio to be a a gathering place for independent voices, free speech, um, open conversation, uh, to look at some of the important things that that we face as as a society and, of course, as individuals um, in this society and also for our environment. Um, I want to thank my guests for Women's Magazine today. I had um, uh, Deb Callahan call in from the... Bay Area. Oh, I always forget what 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 organization. Do, I'm sorry, Deb. I have I have an yes. The Bay Area Open Space. Yes. Um, Bay Area Open Space Council. Deb Callahan called in to talk about Proposition 68, which is on the uh, California ballot this coming Tuesday, um, to fund a huge projects to protect our water, um, to um, um, to help uh, California ready itself for um, climate change uh, with droughts and fires and such. Um, also for parks and uh, restoration projects, um, conservation projects, all throughout the state of California, um, not just uh, pet projects per se, but um, through different water districts and through different voting districts. and. Um, so a, a really big measure, uh, it's a bond measure, um, $4.1 billion of the state of California bond measure. Um, but as Deb so aptly, um, you know, kind of laid out when I asked her, well, what do you say to people who's, who uh, don't want to put California into further debt? And she had a very pragmatic answer. It's kind of like, when do you take out a loan or a mortgage or use your credit card? It's only for things that are very big and very important. Otherwise, you're kind of abusing it. Um, so um, that's what a bond is in in, a, in social terms. It's it's a loan, and we repay it and with interest. But uh, it's an investment in something huge, which is our collective environment, and especially our, our waterways. So um, thank you, Deb Callahan. So anybody who wants to get, you know, tune into. All of these shows that we've had where candidates have come or we've spoken um, about the propositions and things like that, um, you, I, I posted all the links on my website, globalval.blogspot.com. It's the first one that'll come up and you can just click around and see who you want to listen to. Um, maybe you want to do a little bit of homework this weekend, just to turn it on, make some breakfast, hang out, chat with your friends and your family, your housemates, uh, whoever it may be, and um, let the candidates kind of speak for themselves, which is what I've been trying to do, what we've been trying to do here, Dave. Hi, Dave. And we'll continue. Uh, we'll continue. Now, election day is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So this is our last uh, our last show until Tuesday. 
We want to invite people to come down. People to come down. We're going to have just this kind of discussions. Go where we go from here next Friday. And I want to mention the fact that John played. He's got a couple of his songs. They were great. I've been doing election, mm-hmm. and then it was so good, so good to have to have us wind out, by, uh, wind out by the former, uh, the former, um, uh, the former trio combio. No. Now it's only trio. Now it's Cambia. 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 Just excuse me. I'm really tired. Cambia, also known as No Man's Jam. Yeah, Cambia, No Man's Jam. Here we are. Yeah, the No Man's Jam is a, a special cosmic sound journey that they that they and, and some other musicians, all women-led, women. are, are going to be... Uh, opening up at the Secret Garden at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, Saturday, the June 2nd. Um, a couple other announcements before we go, because um, we're getting at, we're going to wrap up here pretty soon. Um, another, well, we talked about MAP being all day tomorrow. Um, I also want to announce there's an event over at Fort Mason, uh, which is, an, it's, it's an Italian food festival, wow. and it's free to attend. And at five, it's all day, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Fort Mason Building C. It's the Italo Americano Muse- Museum, and um, our friend and the poetess Jennifer Barone uh-huh. is going to be um, reading from her book Saporoso, which is poems of Italian food and love. Poop. So she's going to be. Uh, <laughs> She's going to be reading at 5 o'clock, from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. So so I wanted to uh, maybe read a poem from Jennifer Barone, because I'm not sure where I'm going to go tomorrow, if I'm going to go out to see her, if I'm going to come out to MAP, if I'm going to be able to do both, or if I'm going to just take the day off and regenerate. So... What's up, Dave? I'd like to read one, too. Go ahead. Well, I'll wait for you to read. Then no, I'll it's read. okay. i got to find oh, mine. You okay, go ahead. Let me find you go first. Okay. Interacting, intersecting, and relating with the people we meet. Entertaining and being, being entertained by the, by the folks along the way. This is what we do. That's what we encourage. That's what we do right here at Muni Radio. It's a common thread collective that has cast that wide net. Find that common thread. Let your life flourish and don't panic. As they sang, we're keeping it organic. And the doors will be open. The folks are invited in each and every Friday at 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. A lot, plenty of room to help make it happen. I'll be your MC. Who's the MC? Well, I'll be doing that saying saying nobody goes away mad, nobody goes away sad, everybody goes away glad, able to do what they came to do. Support the people, they'll support you. Unite with the many to oppose the few. Feed the people, they'll feed you. Encourage one another, support one another, love one another, take down the walls, open the doors, get rid of the borders too. Families, bands, tribes, communities, collectives, collectivas, I believe in that. But borders just lie on their map. So it's about supporting one another. Tomorrow, Secret Garden, 7 o'clock, the, the, the ceremony, the ceremony, of, uh, the ceremony will be going on. I'm talking about, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the ceremony going on. I'm talking about uh, the, the cambio. Say it again, cambio. Cambia. Cambia. This is cambia. Permanent. Yeah. Plural. Cambia. A woman because it's a no man's jam. All I can't right. wait. All right. Um,
Well, I hope everybody gets to go out and enjoy all of the beautiful offerings in San Francisco Bay Area. Also, um, one quick announcement. If you would like to um, continue to support the West Berkeley Shell Mound, there's supposed to be a decision regarding the proposed development at the site of 1900 4th Street in Berkeley, uh, expected this coming Tuesday, which is Election Day as well. Um, but if you'd like to call and support that site as not becoming a, you know, a, not being demolished and uh, uh, preserved as it is as a California historic site, a 4,700-year-old ceremonial site that is still used by the Ohlone people of, of uh, the Bay Area, um, you should contact the city manager or the planning department or the city attorney um, at cityofberkeley.info, manager at cityofberkeley.info, uh, T. Burroughs at cityofberkeley.info, or attorney at cityofberkeley.info. So I'm going to read you a poem from Jennifer Brown, and then I'm going to read you a poem of my own. So uh, Jennifer Brown's book, Saporoso, um, reissued by Feather Press, uh, which is a, um, a press that is dedicated to um, the poetry and prose of, of female writers. And her poem here is called, Even the Tomato is an, is an Immigrant. Sailing from Peru to the land on the moon-faced pizza, whose crust rode hot winds of Sirocco heading north from Persia. The fusion of origins made for new tastes, experimental combinations of voyage. Imported itself. Who knows how the tomato became a sauce? What confusion it faced? What persecution? Was it a revelation to Italian hands who marveled at its nightshade flesh? Did they bite its bulbous body, crying out in tart surprise? Or was it so foreign that they tossed it back into the sea, belonging nowhere? It's not easy to reinvent yourself. A refugee looking for a place to land, as my grandparents did, set adrift between, between worlds. Il pomodoro might as well have become blood, a golden apple from the garden before anyone knew of sin, poised with shining seeds to grow its vines in fresh soil, unaware it would one day become impossible to imagine a dish without it. So that is a poem from Jennifer Barone. Um, again, go out. You can go out to Fort Mason tomorrow, uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. for the um, in Building C for the Italian Gourmet Food Festival, which is free to attend. And then she'll be um, reading from her book Saporoso: Poems of Italian Food and Love at 5 p.m. So I'd like to read a poem too. I'm going to wrap it up. It's been a good day here. Very, very good day. Oh, thank you, Allison. So this one is for all of you. The pen in my hand is thick today. It looks ready to get to work. Not sleek, but functional. It clicks and prints, and that's all I need to write you this poem, this love letter to your craft, your art, your passion, your intuitive genius. This, pe this pen and I want to send words of encouragement to you and your creative tools for symbiotic flow, for eking harmony out of chaos, for the spark between you, the touch of anticipation for what will become a testament to your love. My pen and I celebrate you. Throw the ball, paint a wall, sing a song, walk or crawl, push or steer, pour a beer, hang a light, blow glass into sight. 
I'm Global Val. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope that what we've provided here for you today helps you to uh, understand that people who are out there uh, caring and trying to enact change in our communities, in our world, and in our wild world of politics. So again, check out globalval.blogspot.com for all of the links to all of our Politico conversations from the past few months. And I hope it helps you do your homework before Tuesday when you can vote. Remember, you you can, if you didn't register, you can still go um, for the first time uh, to your local election, like your central election office, basically, wherever you may be um, in California, uh, and you can register and vote that day. For San Francisco, that means you can go to the Office of Elections in City Hall in the basement, which sounds kind of scary, but no, it's beautiful because City Hall is beautiful here in San Francisco. I want to thank all of my guests who have come in during this election season. Um, Amy Farrah Weiss, Angela Alioto, London Breed, um, Michelle Bravo, who joined us today, uh, Shahid Buttar, Barry Hermanson, uh, Josh Jones, who's running for governor on the green ticket, um, Ryan Kojaste, and uh, oh, do we have any other candidates? I don't know. But we did have people who came from CAVO, which is California Association of Voting Officials, who came to talk about um, the necessity for open source software for voting um, voting machines. We talked to Art Persico. Um, we talked to folks from um, the Democratic Socialists of America, um, the Progressive Democrats. It's, it, we've had a lot of cool people who've come in to, to talk about what's important, not just to them, but to the communities and the coalitions that they're forming. Time is now, change is happening, and we are happy to be a voice of it, <clears throat> even as I lose my own. Peace to everybody. Lots of love. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. I know there's something good in there. And uh, you you matter. And uh, thanks for being part of Mutiny Radio. Uh, also, you can support Mutiny Radio in many ways. One of them is if you go to GoFundMe, we have the Mutiny Radio Summer Fundraiser 2018. We'd really appreciate the help. Rents go up. And uh, we want to keep the doors and lights and mics open for you. Peace, y'all. Stay tuned. The Happy Hour Open Mic Comedy is coming up next. And uh, they always have a good time. So stay tuned. Own our 
up that dream. Will not give up that dream. Just please make sure my grave's kept clean.
Hello everyone, welcome to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm Fucking San Francisco, Merry fucking Christmas, this is Free Speech Radio I don't swear that often even though I could But you know what, hey, you know what, it's the holidays so tis the season I'm going to play you some music today, I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day Here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective This is off of a really cool album, a holiday album from a local brass trio called Lip Service, um, headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pesquale. So uh, here we go. The Lip Service Brass Trio Halliday album, um, Carol of the Bells, of course. Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas.
suena y suena. Sheriff of Truth. Good afternoon. How much did you enjoy the Stormy Daniels interview? Did you watch I it? I watched it. it. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it. The bi- that there was really big ratings. The biggest ratings. Ten years. Yes, since uh, Barack Obama and Michelle were on. Right oh, after look at that, black people. <laughs> yeah, and then before that, I believe it was the Monica Lewinsky. On Barbara Walters so in like 97, 98, or 99, 99, 99, 99. yeah. Boy, um, was that fun. I did watch it, and I am not surprised that she spanked him, because you know the thing about men in power. Oh, the this, necking. She necked him. That's why he liked her in the beginning. Yeah, she necked him. I yeah. Love it. The whole dominatrix oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, one of my friends is a dominatrix. And so a lot of our clients are CEOs Ooh. and they have this thing about being dominant because they're dominated in like the boardroom and all right, this right, stuff, right, right. but they usually like to get spanked and pissed on. That's so weird to me, but well, that's not weird. I mean, whatever I can't believe she's wants 30, to do. I can't believe she's 39 years old. Yeah. She's she older than that. She is a, 
really big forehead and I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel like Here she, we go. <laughs> I feel like there's a couple big foreheaded women and a lot of them are very famous. You can see Nicole Kidman, enormous forehead. She got some head, yo. Yeah. Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks. Forehead. Huge forehead. Yeah. And uh, Stormy Daniels, for some reason, had to go into porn. Her forehead was just too big, but not in the right way. I read about her. So she said some, I don't want to say they're racist. Well, yeah, okay, one of the things that she, she said was racist. She does racist porn? Yeah, actually, she will not do, she will not do inter, uh, interracial <gasps> porn. Really? Uh, I read this on this blog from 2009, and she said she will not let her daughter date black men. So, wow. kind of gives me a little idea. Interesting. Yeah. How are you not going to do interracial porn? That's just yeah. me. I mean, well, I like interracial I think I I'm just, in a relationship. I bet there is some really funny racist porn. I mean, it's, it's got to be hilarious, it right? Is. There is. Oh, yeah. It's got it. There's got to be a whole subgenre. There is. Of like, can you imagine being an actor on that? Well, okay, so there was a scene once. Remember, Shameless, they sure love to show those boobs uh, and stuff, and that's fine. But they're, that one character, they're the interracial couple, Kevin. Oh, and, Kevin and. Uh, um, and. Uh, oh, God, what is her name? Short, I love her. It's shortened. I love her too. But uh, D. Vi. V. 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 Thank you. So they do did a thing where she, they did a, like a slave. Yes, thing, yes. And she dressed up like a plantation person or something, and they were like, and I thought, I thought that's, <laughs> that's cheeky, but cheeky. there, there must be. There is. People must get off on that too. So if you've got guys in power that like to be pissed on and spanked, you probably are also going to have guys that really like. Uh, could you imagine being into racist porn? Like, I, I, my my I mind just listen swoons at the idea. After Sunday, I couldn't even imagine her. I mean, just like ew, his so, fat, flat ass and th- his titties. Th- this was very funny. Broad equal, equal. So But she was. What, what I thought was very interesting about the situation is number one, all these men have. There's, they all have a different connection with Stormy Daniels. So the guy that we were sitting with, he's a, he cooks at the counter and uh, he's amazing. <laughs> he's a fun guy and he's a great cook. But he was like, she was the first person. He was like, I masturbated to her so much. He's like, she's the first person I masturbated wow. to. She was my first porn. And then, so Jonathan's um, father is no longer with us. He's passed away 10 years ago. But that was one of the porns that Jonathan found when they were cleaning out his dead dad stuff. Are you Stormy <laughs> Daniels. So I just think it's very interesting how people have connections to, to this, this woman. woman. Even before this whole thing. Even before this yeah. whole thing. But so it wasn't prostitution. I thought it was going to come out and I didn't understand what was ha- what happened. I thought that she was paid money to have sex with him and then paid hush money. But no. no. Oh no. She had sex with him of her own volition. She didn't want to. But it was consenting sex. They said, "Do you did you want to have sex with them?" She, She's no. like, "No." Did you find them attractive? No. No. I, I, I that. But that were you part, consenting? Yeah. Yeah. It was consenting. This okay. So this is when it gets interesting too. And I do like the fact that you know I'm not trying to be part of the Me Too movement, what have you. But here's the thing: what she said was really important, which I can identify with her being put in that situation. Oh yeah. Where it's just like, well, here we go. I get. I put myself in this situation. It's almost like you're punishing yourself sure. for putting yourself in the situation situation where it's just like well i guess i gotta make this quick and you know where it's just like yes it is consensual but in our mind it's just like well we know if we don't leave what's going to happen and 
and I, I, I'm, I'm not. It's not part of the Me Too, not at right, all. Not but at all. I'm just saying, like, I can understand. Well, and he was kind of promising her a space on The Apprentice, right? So there so was she, sort of like a, uh, you know, I can help you out. I've always, why do I always question about And in some aspects, she knew it was bullshit because I like, I like the honesty that she put out. So of like, honest, she was so she's honest. She's like, I, I, there's no way they're gonna put me on. I'm a porn star on right. primetime NBC. He's like, well, I can make it happen. Because <laughs> I mean, he was the biggest uh, uh, star of The Apprentice on NBC, but that's that was his shtick. But I love the way that she would call him out, like, yeah. like how she was describing, like, this is how you, this is what you do to get women, like, really? Right, right. No, she negged him. It was so funny because he and he was like, women don't usually talk to me like this. Oh my god, I want to sleep with this woman. She's saying, she's saying like that I'm a pile of dog shit. This is great. Yeah, see? Like, wow. Yeah. She's not saying yes to me. She's like, like I kind of like this. I'm being right. turned on. And that's the whole taking the power away from which he's always dominated, I guess, in the boardroom and not in the bedroom. But so. the other, here's the thing that we we're overlooking. This is in 2006 when this happened. And his wife had just had, had a baby. A baby. He and just is got married. Right. And sh- they'd just gotten married. Sh- I mean, it's a sham. Third wife, eyes down. Whatever. She's gorgeous. She's had work done. She speaks four languages and um, won't, and now she won't speak has, in any of them. I wish she'd come. She but it doesn't has, even, the thing is, it doesn't even matter. Don't nobody need to talk about Hillary Clinton anymore. Right? You, you cannot use this anymore, conservatives. I mean, though I believe Melania kind of knew you bet you knew what you were getting yourself of into. She, well, but then that's the thing is like, what are we doing in our society that we forgive certain people and let them do whatever they want because of their fame or their money? They, it's like they aren't even people anymore. It, it's their own narcissism and megalomania is to the point where, but we're the ones that allow this to happen, sort of like. We let we didn't let shit we well, didn't no, let but, shit happen. But it's with, with it's with celebrity. It's, it's somehow people with money can literally you can get away with murder. You can get away with you can infidelity. There's no, it's like the moral like the moral code of humanity doesn't apply to people with, with money. enough money. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, I, yeah, be, that's true because you can hire all, as many lawyers as you want, right? And <laughs> but, sweep it under the rug and say whatever you want. It doesn't. I mean, but I do like the fact that I mean, I have a feeling what's going to take this dude down if he goes down um, is going to be the white women, these white ladies, these these right. Playboy bunnies and these porn stars. I hope they're probably going to take him down, but. Again, let's think about this. Do we want him to go down or do we want Pence? Well, and that's that's a scary <laughs> thing too. Well, I mean, that's the problem is the entire administration would have to be changed and I don't I don't think that we get to to do that. I I it's all but that's the thing. This is all like a circus sideshow too, like. It is. We this all is- know that he, you know, he's a misogynistic pile of dog shit and he he paid her off so that she, it wouldn't come out 11 days before the election because it might have, oh, I don't know, made a difference. I mean, I guess it didn't. He said, grab them by the pussy. We know who this person is. We've known. White women did and, that. And, and all White of a sudden, I know. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. But um, but I, I feel like his lawyers are going to get in trouble. Uh, Cohen? Oh, lawyer, yeah. right, right, right. I right, mean, right. I've. Damn, he's got some stupid-ass lawyers. One just resigned, uh, John Dowd. He looks like, um, what, what's that, Dippity Dog? <laughs> he, 
<laughs> He's got those jowls. That motherfucker uh-huh. is ugly as sin. Uh, and then you got Cohen, who uh, helped uh, with the Stormy Daniels, Daniels paying um, her uh, off. Right. I thought that was so interesting that it was like, it was his personal funds. Well, it's illegal no, it's- campaign contributions then. I mean, it's... There's no way that it was his personal funds. And if so, Lord, or if so, um, Trump is notorious for not paying his bills and yeah. especially his attorneys. That's wow. why he can't get any other attorneys on the Russia probe. Cause don't nobody want to work for his cheap broke ass. And I'm gonna call him broke. Cause that's kind of like calling him a cunt. <laughs> calling him broke. Yeah. Don't call me broke. Ah. He's, this is very interesting. The, um, there was a polygraph report um, 2011. 2011, and they, they said that she was truthful about having unprotected vaginal intercourse. See, with that's Trump. An, ooh, just the on, on I know both no women, condom on, with both women. Yeah, and he's married. That's yeah. really fucked up. You raw doctor. These, yeah. I mean, the thing is. The porn industry is safer than Donald Trump's dick. That's where we're getting to, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, but we shouldn't. We, I mean, what what is the sexuality of a person? I mean, okay, so I think from a like an esoteric philosophical standpoint, somebody's sexuality would be we connect that to their morality, and that morality right. and sexuality for us, and specifically as Puritanical Americans, have been that has been together. So by showing, by having a quote unquote normal sex life with your wife in the bonds of marriage and just subscribing to these things that we say are moral and right, when you don't do those, the president of the United States is supposed to be held to a higher standard. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to be the smartest. They're supposed to be the person that we choose to lead us, right? And yet, and so for a long time, when when we've questioned people's morality, that questions their integrity but now it seems that that doesn't oh, matter anymore sh- are you kidding like, me the integrity the, it, there intelligence. is intelligence no, well but there yeah. isn't intelligence nor is there integrity and no, it's when you're holding the highest office in the land you're supposed to be you're supposed to have a higher moral code i mean look at like movies and stuff when they write about the president you know i so listen man these fucking evangelicals aka kkk members uh have no moral code. How, how the fuck? Racism, right? Racism. I mean, the, thi- I mean, a, the thing yeah. is, it's just like I mean, he said everything, everything that, everything that is harmful. This dude has said, this specimen has right. said, and then you still have people, his cult, clinging on for their dear life. And he's still a liar because look, his he's a bald man and he can't accept it. His weave is even terrible. His weave is oh my it is, god. It is bad. He just glues that shit in. It is it is not he can't be honest about his hairline. How can he be honest about anything? And that's the thing. We, we knew he wasn't honest. And we knew when he was being honest that he was a misogynistic dickbag and a pile of dog shit. But bad weave. Melania Ania, Melania 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 and still, still don't know how to pronounce her name because she never speaks. <laughs> but boy, does she look good frowning. Oh, yeah. That's the she story. She looks so good that's frowning. That's the story of her marriage, frowning. Third wife, eyes down. Exactly. She, don't speak. You paid for this bitch. Yeah, you paid she looks for good. Her. Oh, she and looks another, good. I, I do have an issue with her, too, because she's one of the, uh, she's a birther, too. She's a birther. She's a birther. She believes that Barack Obama yeah. is an, so, a, an alien and he, he's not an American citizen. Yes. Yeah, says the bitch from Slovenia. Slovakia. Or yeah. Slovakia. So, so I don't know which one it is. But with our know, parents here. You know what I find very funny is that both Slovenia 
and Slovakia border Hungary, and she is starving. Yes, she is fucking <laughs> starving. It's a new tag in my yeah. Romania joke. Yeah, they did not like it last night, by the way. Tech what? Tech Douches in um in North Beach did not like my feminism jokes. They what? did oh, not God. like them. They Because they don't have women in their industry, that's I, why. <laughs> there were even girls there and they were looking at me and I was like, Oh, okay, enough of the feminism. I guess I should talk about dicks in my mouth. And then they loved all that. They loved all See? the dicks in my mouth jokes. They loved the, that's your Dane Cook audience. Right. And they did not and Dane like Cook's career is dead. And then, and then I did some cat jokes and they did it. I couldn't even get someone to say they were a cat person. I was like, none of you, I was like, you're all soulless people. None of you like cats. Seriously? Like what is wrong with you? And I wasn't like trying to accuse them, but maybe it came across Those, that way. I don't know. They didn't like me. With the douchey tech people? Well, just the cat thing. Oh. They're just weak people. They have poor immune systems. They're allergic to cats. Well, they just didn't even... That's they didn't... why they lock themselves in their housing gives a view of the outside world. Well, there was there was free pizza there last night, too, so... Yeah, and need free shit. $4 beers. I know. It's it's crazy. So, wait. Tell me one of the feminism jokes that you did last night. I did. Night. I did. Um, I, I like the hungry one. Though. Yeah, thank you. That's in the new Melania Melania set, and I was doing all of that, and I did all the Michelle Obama vomiting and the composting <laughs> All that stuff. Um, but the, the, I did that whole set. I did was I was doing like I was trying to do a solid ten on feminism, but they just weren't having it. So I did about five minutes of feminist jokes. So basically, what we're saying is they you ha- had an audience of ten year olds basically that like dick poop pussy and poo poo jokes. That's pretty much yeah. yeah. And they liked it at the Got end. It. I mean, it's not all audiences like me. But then later I did an open. That was I was booked on that show, and so I was doing ten minutes, and I was like thinking in my head like, why don't they like me? Whatever. Um, but then I did some uh, jokes at the Grant and Green across the street, and it, I only did I did like six minutes or five, and, and I did abortion jokes, and they killed everybody. Loved my abortion jokes. They were they loved it. The girl came up after, and she's like, "Thank you so much. I laughed so hard. I just had an abortion, and <laughs> I really connected with your material." And I was like, "Awesome." Got a fan. Yeah. Pan, pants fan club. Yeah, but that was at the. I mean, but at that point, everyone was drunk. I mean. But that's so. I mean. Maybe maybe people I don't know I hate sensitive motherfuckers like like the conservatives I don't like well, no. they just didn't the thing is I think that making fun of Melania I think it's a hot take because nobody else is making fun of her everyone's making fun of Trump which is boring it's, yeah because there's I mean it's just he's just a clown you should move on to his lawyers you should see those his lawyers are pieces of work even the ones that looks like Dippity Dog with the jowls look him up Dippity I think his name his his name's like John Dow he's got these he makes Mitch McConnell look kind of decent and Mitch McConnell is an ugly fucker like ooh, like ain't no, no chin no mouth John Dow like yo whoever his wife or mistress or girlfriends ooh, ooh, ooh. I bring something up real quick uh, yeah. I, I've noticed I don't know if this has been brought up by other people a little bit here and there but do, do you notice the right conservatives are now staying the fuck away from the commie insults to the fucking left yeah. You know, you won't hear the, oh, you calm, you can't go fuck coming out of their mouths anymore. Those I don't, I barely, pinko traders. I, I, I barely hear snowflakes anymore because now They're I've noticed, I've, no, I've noticed that now the left have been starting to call 
out uh, conservatives as snowflakes because I'm like, yeah, y'all been soft since day one. So, but this, no, I, 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 I try to look up soft. Trump's lawyers and I can't find them. John, um, he only has two left, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and then it's put, uh, that there's shop anti Donald Trump Amazon. I'm like, Christ, oh my what? God, profiting. Yeah, um, anti-Donald look, Trump look, graphics um, and com- com- If you type in more. probably uh, who are Donald Trump, Trump's lawyers? Or, or Trump lawyer that resigned. Here we go. Bernstein, Trump's lawyers tell him what he wants. Oh, that's old, 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 old. Let's see. 23 minutes ago, yeah, Trump's Ty Cobb. Yeah, that see, he's another clown. He's probably still the same baseball playing Ty Cobb. Yeah. Right. <laughs> fucking <laughs> filling with embalming fluid, <laughs> gave him a different face. That he's got some. Ugly- and Ty Cobb was a bad man. Um. Supposedly, it's he's a, a racist it's dude. a rumor, and yeah, he was super racist. super racist. He married into my mother's side of the family, so he's like, oh shit, uh, his second wife or something was That's where somehow that related to my mother in some weird way. So always when I was little, I was like, oh, we're we're related to Ty Cobb. And when I was little, I thought it was so cool, but then I realized that he was a terrible person. Like and he, he was, was a racist and a misogynist and a bad, like a wife beater. Like everything was bad about him. Didn't he die an alcoholic? I, we should I we should look at him. Yeah, yeah good for you, Ty Cobb. Have one for me. Trump <laughs> lawyers discussed presidential pardons for Flynn and Manafort. Anyways, I was just saying. Hi. Oh, yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks. I have a lot of stuff to go do. I gotta uh, help my dad mow the lawn since Kaiser botched his hip replacement. Oh my god. IV drip uh, antibiotics. For wow. Him. Sounds like a future lawsuit. Wow. No, no, no. They no. gave him a really nice room, and they fixed the problem. But you know, a basic hip surgery turning into staph that got inside ah! of his fucking feet. Oh my god, a virulent staph infection. Yeah. That's so, that yeah. one of my buddies, well, fifty-year-old buddies, died from that. He went into the general years ago, like about nine years ago, actually ten years ago. He went in because he has Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. and his tummy was all fucked up. And then all he was there getting something fixed but he ended up getting a virulent staph infection because of the ports or whatever they had him on you know what are they called catheters and he died in like in a week and it was so funny because it was this drug resistant staph infection and this guy took more drugs than anybody i met him at burning man and he took he was always fucking high on something you'd be like oh man are you rolling and it's like it's like tuesday afternoon this guy's 50 years old and he'd be like just MDMA and out, like like doing yoga in his backyard, being like I'm really feeling it. Like it's, <laughs> it was a great guy. Jeff Holmes, we miss you. Yeah, I, um, I had a friend whose dad went into Kaiser for the same thing, some basic basic ass shit. Died a month later after. Ah! Seems to be a common thing in Kaiser. That's why they have to dump hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising so people don't look on their malpractice. 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 We'll look into it. Well, okay, Bye. good good job, good stuff. Thanks. Uh, so. Hey, hey, wait, before you leave, uh, did you ever masturbate to Stormy Daniels? You didn't? He didn't know. So some people don't have a connection to her. It's okay. I'm not a big porn dude, at least not for the names. Right. Oh, cool. what they're doing as opposed to what they look like. Okay. That makes sense. Smart porn man. That makes sense. Uh, so hopefully Let's see. the shit hits the fan here with oh, it Trumpito. Will. I'm looking him up now. Trump Russia inquiry lawyer who worked with Manafort pleads guilty to lying to FBI. Paul Manafort sues Robert Mueller in effort to foil Trump Russia inquiry. Wow. Wow. <laughs> shit is going on. I mean, but that's okay. So then this is what we have to talk about. How scary is that? If we actually impeach Donald Trump. 
Yeah. Wacko, wacko Christian. The world is 4,000 years old. Dinosaurs are a myth. This whack nut job who believes in gay conversion, is he's going to be our president? I mean, that's even worse. Trump's lawyer, wow, he does look like that dog. Dippity dog. <laughs> John Dowd resigns. I, but that's everyone around him. Is They're all just dropping like flies. Don't nobody listen. Uh, it's, people are just, they're listen. just quitting. And anyone, that's dangerous. Anyone who wants a job at the White House is a fucking idiot or wants to play Russian roulette. Ha ha, Russian roulette. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, serious. If you put this on your resume, because you're only going to be there for a short time anyway, like, right. how are you going to get hired with this resume? Th- this I work is- in the right house. Dance 
on a new track I want a banana more freedom and dance on a new track I want a banana more freedom and dance on a new track I want a banana more freedom and dance on a new track I want a banana more freedom and dance on a new track I want a banana more freedom and dance on a new track
potatoes are white, more or less. Yam is definitely white. Now, come on. Don't you have any other color left? Oh, come on, new track. Oh, you'll find another color. Another color for your life. <laughs> new track. Sizana. Sizana, c'est ma femme. C'est ma femme puisque nous sommes mariés depuis plus de 17 ans maintenant. Elle était très gentille auparavant. Je lui disais, Sizana, donne-moi de l'eau. Et elle m'apportait de l'eau à boire. De l'eau claire, hein? Très bonne. Je lui disais, Suzanne a fait ceci et elle faisait. Fais cela et elle obéissait. Et moi, j'étais content. Je regardais tout ça avec bonheur. Ah, je te dis que Suzanne, Suzanne était une très bonne épouse auparavant. Seulement depuis quelques jours, les gens-là, ils ont apporté ici la condition féminine. Il paraît que là-bas chez eux, ils ont installé une femme dans un bureau pour qu'elle donne des ordres aux hommes. Aïe, tu m'entends des choses pareilles Et depuis, toutes les femmes de notre pays parlent de la condition féminine. Maintenant, je dis à Susanna, donne-moi de l'eau. Elle répond seulement que la condition féminine, euh, il faut que j'aille chercher l'eau moi-même. Je lui dis, Susanna, donne-moi à manger, j'ai faim. Elle ne m'écoute même pas, hein? elle me parle seulement de la condition féminine. Bref, il faut te dire que ma condition masculine est devenue très malheureuse ici. Alors j'ai dit à Susanna, écoute, moi je ne connais qu'une seule condition féminine. La femme obéit à son mari, elle lui fait à manger, elle lui fait des enfants, voilà tout. Tu sais que Susanna s'est fâchée. Elle est venue me parler à haute voix, comme si elle était un homme. Moi je l'ai battue, hein 
Elle a crié pour appeler tout le village. Moi, je lui dis seulement, ne crie pas, ne crie pas. Hey, tu me parles toujours de la condition féminine. Alors moi aussi, je vais te montrer la condition masculine aujourd'hui. La condition féminine, tous les jours, tous les jours, tu me dis la condition féminine. Moi, je te donne seulement la condition masculine. Hey, dis donc, la condition féminine, est-ce que c'est même plus grand que la condition masculine Et 
qu'il y a chez eux un homme qui pleure à cause d'une femme. Tu sais, tu me rends très triste, hein Je te le répète, tu me rends très triste, trop triste même. Mais pourquoi fais-tu ça Pourquoi je suis allé à la chasse tous les jours, tous les jours J'ai ramené le meilleur gibier de toute la tribu. Tu étais moins puisque tu l'as mangé toi-même. Regarde-toi, quand je t'ai épousé, tu étais toute mince, toute mince, comme du fil pour attacher un piège. Tu as mangé tout le gibier que j'ai abattu. Et maintenant tu es grasse comme une vraie femme. Regarde-toi, tes biceps, est-ce que tu les reconnais Et même ton derrière, il s'est amélioré, hein Est-ce que tu le vois seulement Maintenant tu oublies tout ce que j'ai fait pour toi. Tu veux t'en aller, mais t'en aller où même Chez tes parents Tu es la fille du chef, mais si tu retournes chez ton père, est-ce qu'il pourra me rendre tous les cadeaux que je lui ai offerts pour t'épouser Je lui ai donné huit grosses défenses d'éléphants qu'il a déjà vendues au grand noir du village là-bas, loin de notre forêt. Le sel et le tabac qu'il a eu pour ça, il a déjà tout consommé. Et maintenant il est vieux. Avec quelle force va-t-il abattre les éléphants pour me rendre mes défenses Dis-moi.
Chita Baba Chita Etum Chita Tony Kaso Obi à travers le monde et c'est toi que je revois en rentrant dans ma maison tu sais le soleil brûlant de la savane n'a pas flétri tes pétales et je retrouve ton parfum sauvage et enivrant d'autrefois oui 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 ah c'est si bon d'être à nouveau près de toi fleur tropicale
tu m'as Je te dis que tu m'as menti. Et oui, tu m'as bien entendu, hein. Est-ce que je t'ai demandé de me mentir Hein 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 que ce n'est pas le mien. Mais comment peux-tu venir me raconter n'importe quoi Tu peux mettre au monde un enfant blanc et qu'il soit de moi. <rire> Agatha, tu crois que je suis complètement fou, hein? <rire> Écoute, tu as bien le droit de me verser encore un peu de vin de palme et non pas de me mentir. Ça fait plus d'un mois qu'il est né et il n'a toujours pas décidé de prendre la couleur locale. Et toi, tu soutiens que c'est mon fils, ça Agatha, ne me mens pas, ce n'est pas mon fils. Tu le sais bien, ce n'est pas mon fils. Tu le vois bien, ce n'est pas mon fils, même si c'est le tien. Laisse-moi avoir, ça au moins c'est une bonne affaire. Oui, 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 oui. 